going on, everybody? And welcome to the third episode of Marking Our Territory with the Big Dogs, a sports podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Gartino, and across the computer, one of my best friends and my co-host, Zachary Zranz. What's going on, dude? What's up? Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right. So a little bit of housekeeping. We are finally up on iTunes. The long wait is over iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Anchor, all major podcast networks, you can hear our beautiful voices. And that was uh, that was goal number one of our, uh, what is that, New Year's resolutions for the podcast, so yep. get on iTunes. The Check. goal is to have a thousand listens on a single episode before the end of the year, and I think now with iTunes we can get that accomplished. It was definitely the highlight of my day, seeing that little yellow submitted for review dot turn to green. It was it was just like a let's fucking go kind of moment. Mm-hmm. I saw that group text. It was popping off. Saw that screenshot of iTunes, and I just felt like felt like we like we made it. And uh, nice too. We the first episode had eleven listens before we recorded the second one. The second episode had thirteen listens before the third episode. So we're we're making that slow climb. If, at this pace, we'll be at a thousand in no time. Let's do it. We on All our right. way. All right, so we're going to start this podcast the same way that the first two have been started, and I am so excited to be done with this topic. Super Bowl 53 in the books, New England Patriots, Super Bowl champs again, lowest scoring Super Bowl ever, 13-3. What do you got? I just got that, like, it was just a complete outmatching. Patriots outgameplanned the Rams. They beat them in all phases of the game. I called it that it was going to be a low-scoring game and the Pats were going to win. Yep, uh, you definitely did. Episode two, shout out. And just McVay just got outcoached. Yeah, Patriots he gave it to him. himself. Uh, pretty much the only offensive player that did anything was Julian Edelman, the MVP of the game. He ended up having 10 catches for 141 yards. Outside of that, I mean, even Brady looked really pedestrian. He had that interception on his first throw of the game, and he got touched, which was something that I said – you you saw a little bit of pressure from those those two big big guys in Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue. No, I totally agree, and it, that was like a weird game. It was like the rush, Julian Edelman, Gronk, and like Brandon Cooks. Like, yep, it, such a low scoring game. There was no offense, and those were like the only people that were doing anything. Well, well, no offense. But the most exciting part of the entire game came from special teams, where we had a record broken. Fucking Johnny Hecker with a record long punt in the Super Bowl. What was it like, sixty four yards? And it didn't even look good. It was no, just, that, uh, it just got a good bounce. He was so hyped about it too. Like, how do you know when you hit the punt that that's going to be like a record breaker? He probably had heard it in the uh, in Radio Row and media. They did like record sixty three sixty three yards, and he's like, I can hit sixty four, and he knows it. Yeah, I mean that that is a bad sign when the most exciting part of the game is. Uh, punter getting a record. And then I think another record got broken. Uh, Tom Brady has the most Super Bowls, six. Yeah, I, well, okay, goes without saying. Go, whatever you guys want to say. I'm just, I'm ready for that whole narrative to be over. I'm ready to switch off of football. But from what I've heard, you've got a few thoughts. Oh, at the end of football, I was going to give you one math prediction radio before that on Brady. Math prediction radio, hit it. Five more years. Oh, mm, how old is he now? 41, 42? Somewhere. He's like right there. Um, 
twenty nine percent. Okay. I think that's a pretty good number because uh, I think there's definitely a chance. I'm going to say it. it's basically 50-50. Like, if he wins, it's, it's like, does he win the Super Bowl, keep winning Super Bowls, or, like, what's going on? Well, we'll yeah, see, that was going to be my question is, does the chance get higher if he wins or loses the Super Bowl? I would think the chances get higher if he um, wins. Right, because the more he wins, the more he thinks he can stick around. Yep. Well, I, I mean, kind of both, honestly. Right. It's like either the revenge loses, tour or it's like I can keep doing this. If he loses bad one season, he's he's done. Yeah, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I'm I'm just hoping for a little bit more parity in the AFC next next year. All right, so I'm gonna close close out the NFL season with just uh, I mean something that I've kind of noticed that I just want to talk about a little bit. So like basically in the last like 20 or 30 years, half the teams that make the Super Bowl don't make the playoffs the next year. Happened last year with the Eagles. No, they made the playoffs. No, they didn't make. Oh, they did make the playoffs this year. That's real bad of me. That was stupid. <laughs> they made it in that last week. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So the have, Eagles made it in, but basically half the time it doesn't happen. And a lot of times I feel like teams go all in for their Super Bowl run. And then after that, their team kind of falls apart. So I was just like. I mean, for the Rams this year, I'm kind of wondering if they could hold it together. They got a couple of notable free agents, uh, Nudama Kansu, Marcus Joyner, Dante Fowler, uh, Sam Shields, CJ Anderson, just to name a few. You got anything to say about that? I mean, what scares me the most about the Rams is that they I think they were the 14th highest scoring team in NFL history or something like that. And for pretty much the second half of the season and definitely for large portions of the playoffs, they seemed like they were completely offensively inept. And granted, a lot of that has to do with the fact that Gurley definitely had some sort of injury. I saw the, uh, the pro football doc, you know, that Asian guy on Twitter. Mm, that, love that guy. One yeah, of the best he, Twitters out there. He posted something about how there's no way that he could be completely hurt because he had the fastest, like fastest mm-hmm. running speed. I saw of, like, that. 19 miles an hour. He was the fastest guy on the field from either team. But I mean, Jared Goff, dude, he just, he has some like really harsh polar opposite games, kind of similar to Blake Bortles. So, so with that, like it's basically that McVay is a really good coach and he's great schemer. You think that he is there is like going to be able to keep that team running if they break apart or you think that he's one of those that are great in the regular season, but they just had a sick run this year, but he's not really the type that could pull it off. And all these teams are kind of like overestimating how great he is. No, I think all those people, I think McVay's definitely one of like the top tier coaches in the NFL. You, you could even see it during the game, even in the fourth quarter when it was pretty much out of reach and there was no chance that the Rams were going to take that game. He was very calm and it just, it seemed like he, he contained himself. Okay. Well. You want to hear a take? Tell me. Sean McVay is going to be the best coach in NFL history. Ever. 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 He's going to go down as that. You know why? Tell me. Because he's 33 right now. He's going to coach for 60, like 60 years, probably. <laughs> 93-year-old Sean McVay leading a team to victory. The NFL is <laughs> going to be gone by that time. But let's say he coaches for 30 years yeah, as no, the he, head coach. Well, like head Sean McVay is eventually going to like own a team. 
Well, nowadays, head coaches definitely have a shelf life. You see how we had like a era of head coaches just kind of get pushed out because now everyone wants the, the college coaches that have the more elaborate offensive schemes. It's really about can Sean McVay as one of the as he, he is the youngest, right? The youngest head coach in the NFL as the youngest head coach in the NFL. Can he continue to adapt moving forward and continue to be like the face of what the NFL is becoming and not what it was? Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll be really interesting to see because it's the, you, you're right. There is a really short shelf life if you don't have it. But if you do have it like Belichick or like uh, who was it, Tom Coughlin back in the day, those mm-hmm. coaches that had 20 plus year jobs. Jeff Cow, Fisher. Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Cower. Um Andy Reid. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of those guys that is like outlasted. And I I don't even know if it's an Andy Reid thing or like what it is, but the Chiefs always find a way to have a decent offense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's adapted real well. But I, I really think that Sean McVay, if he's going to coach for 20 seasons, he's got to win a, a couple Super Bowls. So I'll, I'll give you a math prediction, Radio. What are the chances that McVay ends up getting fired at any point and has to take a coordinator position before becoming a head coach again. I'm going to say 5%. So he's a head coach for life now. That's awesome. He's he's made. He's so made. And and it's awesome. That's what I'm saying. He's going to be a coach for 30 years if he wants to be a head coach for that long. If not, he's going to be the GM as soon as he wants. And the NFL definitely wants to market him. He's handsome as hell. So we'll we'll let the NFL breathe for a little bit. There will be, you know, news that pops up here and there. Definitely when free agency starts going, we we already have a little bit going on with Nick Foles getting his option picked up. So we'll see. He'll probably end up getting traded around the draft time. Uh, but besides that, how was your Super Bowl party? It was good. I won the uh, I won the prop bet pool of the night. Twenty five props. I tied with my dad on 16 out of 25, and I had the uh, tiebreaker, which was total yards. Hell yeah. So that's a good night for you. I, I ended up following through on one of my uh, top three bottom threes. I made those jalapeno poppers, and they were dumb fire. I saw those. They were like millennial, like fancy-looking jalapeno poppers with the strip of bacon laid on the top. Yeah. Well, you see, that was kind of like – that wasn't by design. I had an issue where the bacon wouldn't wrap. So I had to improvise. So I just placed the piece of bacon on top. But uh, all right. So with that, we'll we'll go ahead and get into the top three, bottom three, get it out of the way, hit one of our favorite segments. This week, we're going to be ranking our top and bottom three favorite chips. Let's do it. Something Most that everyone can relate to. On <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's kick it off with the top three. I'll go with my number three chip. It's going to be a tortilla chip. Just normal, plain... I- I couldn't pick any exact kind. I didn't want to say like the hint of lime, but I just want to encompass all those into a selection. I, you know, my favorite ones are the the new ones. I don't know if they call them like Fiesta or something. They're super thin. They're kind of like the, the tortilla chips that you get at Chili's. Mm, sometimes I like those. Sometimes I don't. But uh, tortilla, tortilla chips, chips you, chip, you dip them in guac, you dip them in salsa. What kind of queso, salsa do you like? Small diced tomatoes. Fresh and onions and you don't, spicy. You don't fuck with that jarred shit. I try not to. No, I <laughs> do. Right. I do. I don't give a fuck. My number three top chip 
is the tried and true, one of my favorites, cheddar and sour cream ruffles. Those okay. are one of those chips that, like, I can fucking go through the entire bag in one sitting. It's a problem. All right. I might have something to say about those. Ooh. Okay. Give me your number two. <laughs> my number two is going to be Cheetos. It's going to be, I- like, it's it, well, again, I, I can't even pick one. So it's going to be all-encompassing the, the crunchy Cheetos, Flamin' Hot, or the Cheddar Jalapeno, or the original. Gun to your head, which one do you take to a stranded island? That's pretty nice of whoever That's has that gun to your head. That's the cheddar. I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I've ever had that one. It's the, uh, I don't know, it comes in that, you get that mixed bag of mini That's bags. comes in the bag. party mixed bag. Yep, green bag, green green writing. I definitely fuck with Cheetos hard. I, I, I'm torn too. I think that I kind of prefer the Puffs. The only problem is with the puffs is that they go stale after like six minutes if you like pour the whole bag out. I, I've uh, thought about doing the puffs. I used to like them when I was a kid, but I'm all about the crunchy these days. All right. My number two. This one might be a little bit debatable because it may not be classified as a chip, but the Zesty Cheddar Ranch Cheez-Its. Okay. Those are like my favorite thing on earth. Another one that like as soon as I open up the bag, I'm afraid that I'm going to eat the entire thing. And they're so small that it's like I can go through this like it's nothing. I like those. I've, I've, uh, I used to not like Cheez-Its, but now I'm coming around on Cheez-Its. Have you ever had the extra toasty Cheez-Its? Yeah, that, that's like kind of why I didn't like Cheez-Its because they were like so cheesy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've came around on them. All right, give me your number one. I'm I'm excited for the bottom more than I am the top. This is uh, probably the chip I've eaten the most, and like when I was in college, I ate the most. And shout out to my boy Ryan at uh, Frito Lay. I'm getting those uh, jalapeno kettle cooked. Oh yeah, bro! It's like it's just the perfect consistency chip. Best crunch, good spice, like any kind of sandwich. It just kills it with. No, no hate to our boy Ryan, but honestly, the. Uh... What's the other brand of kettle cooked? Can't I can't remember it right now, but the spite the sweet and spicy jalapeno are better than the Frito Lay one. Oh, what are you talking about? The uh, Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Though the sweet and spicy ones are so hey, I just good. I didn't I mean I just shouted out Ryan. I didn't say it was uh Lay's kettle cooked, that it said kettle cooked jalapenos. All right. I felt heavy Ryan. with those we, Cape Cod. Yeah, for sure. All right. My number one is one that I think is a little low key. It's Kind of got a niche market for a niche market, if you're fancy. The Zaps Voodoo Chips. I might have something to say about those, but go on. Oh, no. This is a problem. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, like, that, that's all I got. They're, the bag, like, the way that I found them was that I was like, yo, this bag is kind of wild. It's, like, got all these weird-looking shapes on it, and it's black, and it's fancy-looking. And I tried them, and they're amazing. They're kind of like... A mix between like a honey mustard flavor and like a tangy barbecue. They, they have an interesting flavor. It's like every flavored chip just thrown in a bag. Exactly. It's like they just grabbed every single spice they could and just pounded them together onto a beautiful chip. All right. You want me to kick off the bottom three? No, I'm going to kick off the bottom three. Number Because I'm going to get ahead of the game. Number three, Tostitos Hint of Lime. Trash. The worst chip one of the worst chips ever. I can't stand those. Why? That lime? 
They're just they, they, it doesn't taste like lime. It's like an extra salt with a tang, and I hate it. I remember one time um, in high school, we went to Walmart, may have uh, indulged on something, and walking around the store, we, me, Rendina, and maybe uh, Basil ate a whole bag of hints of limes. I like how relatable the name drops are right now for our entire audience on iTunes. Uh, just you don't need to know who Ryan is. You just know I was with Ryan. They're like they're like cartoon characters. You can make them into whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Just picture a big stoned monster eating <laughs> hints of lime chips, walking around Walmart like a white trash person. Oh, geez. All right, give me your number three. <laughs> uh, my number three is the ruffles. Any chip with the, the ridges, I just don't care for it. It's a little like thick. It doesn't give you the right crisp. Um, it's not the same as a kettle. It doesn't cooking. give you the right crunch. Um, you don't like that stability though. Like a normal lay is too thin. No, I'd see. Like if I like, I either like the thin lay like that or the kettle cooked. I'm not a big like. You're not in between. You're one way or no. the other. You're left or right, black or white. Yep. Don't That's give me that right. ruffle. Don't give me that ridge. All right. My number two is the fraud of all of all chips, kale chips. Ooh. Not good. See, side note, honorable mention, like seaweed chips. Hell no. I should have put that on mine. Seaweed snacks, love those. those. Are, you Shout like out them? anything seaweed. No, bro. I, I'm not about seaweed. that. Fraud, fraud, fake news. You want to be healthy, bro? Eat, eat seaweed. Dude, I'm just going to sit here and chug water. I, mean, I don't need any chips. Seaweed. All right. Give me your number two. My number two is any like chip that's like marketed as a crisp. I don't fuck with crisps. <laughs> like those like poppables, anything that's like a puffed potato, like baked style. Not like I had baked glaze or fire, but like cri- anything that's a crisp is not my fucking shit. I want a crunchy ass chip or a fucking classic lay. Don't give me a little like fried piece of airy fucking bullshit i i'm surprised you're saying this and i'm also surprised that we're on such opposite ends of the spectrum because ritz just came out with like a baked chip that is called like a crisp i think and with hummus bro delightful is it a rich cracker except it's airy like you said you hate i mean is it a crisp cracker i mean that's kind of a different category but still like (laughs) splitting hairs here it's it's a crisp it's a chip it's a cracker but like the crisp shit is bullshit give me a real chip all right my number one this is another one that i think that we may have a little bit of a debate on uh i think that i saw them homemade at your favorite spot shout out ed's tacos ed's grocery mart whatever you may call it deli pork rinds chicharrones you 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 i am not down for pork rinds i wouldn't even consider pork rind a chip but they taste like shit like every time you're like dude i think i would like like to try a pork rind and then you eat it and you're like oh my god it's also one of those things where like when you were a kid you thought it was pork grind with a g and it's not it's r-i-n-d-s i don't think i ever thought that so pork rinds pork grinds can i get a bag of pork grinds <laughs> I mean, it all just kind of like flows into itself. If you just say pork rinds really quick, you could definitely think that there was like a G in there. Maybe I'm just an idiot. I don't know. Um, all right. 
I, I like so I'm gonna just preface my bottom three with I kind of will eat I I will eat some of these. I'm not proud oh, I'll of eat it. every chip. I'm not proud. True. Um, I've eaten a crisp. <laughs> yeah, I've been known to have a crisp or two in my. Day. No, I have been known, but I've eaten one. So I I'll eat some of these, but I'm gonna stand that it should be on the bottom of the chip category, like fake chips, like bean chips, rice chips. Just that fake shit, like including kale, just all that fucking bullshit. Flaxseed chip, bullshit. Do That's you, not a real chip. Do you include like the blue chips in that? Like the blue tortilla chips? Aren't those made out of something different? No, that's legit. Corn is or it's colorful. I remember when like blue chips were just for jet blue planes. That's an era. That's we got a little bit of action from the Bronson over there. That's all right. So that I don't know if you have like any honorable mentions for my top three. I had an honorable mention for purple Doritos. I'm pretty sure that like nobody really knows the name of them. So I had to look it up. They're the spicy, sweet chili Doritos. Those oh, are definitely those, one of my favorites. Doritos were definitely on my honorable mention. Yeah. Every type of Dorito is pretty good. I like the ones where they clash them like the ranch and the buffalo wing. Mm, that's a little too adventurous for me. All right. So you got any other honorable mentions before we move on? No, let's move it on. All right, heading back to sports because this is a sports podcast brought to you by iTunes. NBA talk. Brought to you by us right now. <laughs> um, before we get into the hoopla that was the NBA trade deadline, it ended today at 3 p.m. Uh, I want to talk about one thing. John Wall out for 12 months with a torn Achilles. And what was his story? It was that he just fell at home. There was a fall in the house and it was noticed when they were checking out an infection from his previous surgery to fix his heel slash Achilles. Yeah, I'm not two years old. This is not my first go around on this type of story. I know for a fact that that is not what happened with John Wall. No, John Wall has been known to uh, indulge. Yeah, math prediction radio. What are the chances that John Wall got extremely fucked up and had a, a horrible spill somewhere? I'd say pretty high. I don't. I haven't seen him wearing that boot, so he probably tried to run or f- took a long step, and that shit just went. Well, and it really sucks for the Wizards because they thought coming into this season that they were going to have a chance to compete. They had the an enormous pain in their ass, Dwight Howard. Uh, John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, uh, Markeith Morris. Literally half of those guys are not on the court for them, whether it be more by, than half of that list by injury or by trade. That team has gotten completely dismantled. And with that, we'll go ahead and we'll get into the trade deadline. Uh, we'll, let's just start with the Wizards. We'll go a little bit out of order. Otto Porter just signed a max contract. Was it this offseason or the one before? Mm-hmm. This, so, this one of those guys that definitely did not deserve a max contract traded to the Bulls. Like 18 million a year. Yeah. He got traded to the Bulls for Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker, and a second round pick in 2023, which I think maybe we should talk about this because I'm, I'm still kind of like a, a new basketball fan. What is the value of a draft pick in the NBA? It's basically just a cheap contract that you hope pans out. Yeah, because I mean, like, 
I, I mean, say, there's only two rounds in the draft, so. And I would say probably 70% of the players suck. Yeah. I mean, you if you're not in the lottery, it's kind of just like, here, here's cheap shit. If you're if you're an NBA GM, are you going are you drafting for athleticism or are you drafting for like basketball IQ? If I'm drafting, I'm drafting for dudes that could like do uh either do everything or like do one thing really good like that like the three-point driver that you do that could like drive and shoot threes. Or I don't know, man, you're just trying to pick freaking LeBron. Yeah, that's what you're always hoping for is that you're just going to find a diamond in the rough and a hard worker. That's what I'd be looking for is someone with a good work ethic. I don't know. You just I, you just try and find Durant's like super tall, super freaks. You're just trying to find the best players in the NBA. That's that's nice. Giannis. Yep. Another one that's really good. <laughs> All right. The first trade. This is this is a storyline that I've kind of like really enjoyed watching unfold. Nick Stauskas. And Wade Baldwin might end up being the biggest winners from this entire trade deadline because nobody, I I mean, at least me, nobody knew these guys. And they have been traded four times in the last two days. First from the Blazers to Cleveland, Cleveland to the Rockets, and the Rockets to Pacers. Which, it's amazing that these teams are able to get any sort of value out of them after they've already been traded 10 hours beforehand. Yeah, that is something. Uh, this is probably the trade we'll probably get the most into, but there's been a lot of trades this trade deadline. Not too many flashy deals. A couple of big ones. I mean, we kicked it off last week with that Porzingis uh, deal to the Mavericks. Yep, that was a big one, and we'll definitely that'll be something more we see next year. Tim, I I saw that the Knicks are going to be buying out some players. Anus Cantor, they're they're buying out. Uh, I'm not even going to lie. I don't even remember who else they got in the trade. Wesley Matthews is going to get bought out. But th- that that's one of those ones that will be more in play for next season. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we got some other ones that happened. We got the R- Rodney Hood came in that trade that you just talked about. Then you got the Tobias Harris trade. That's uh, the one that will make the most difference for this year's playoffs, I would say. You know what's funny? That like Boban and Tobias are a package deal. They're best friends. Have you ever seen the videos of them like on Instagram and Twitter dancing together? I've seen the dancing ones. I've heard they like they used to have like a YouTube show or something. Any time that I see any sort of Boban video on any sort of social media, that's like an easy, easy watch because he's super entertaining. He dunks without having a jump. Yeah. So he's just a giant. Another one, Mike Muscala, he he went he got uh, traded from the Sixers to the Clippers, and then he gets traded from the Clippers to the Lakers. That's not a bad spot for him. Uh, you know, a power forward that can shoot the three. He'll definitely fit in a little bit behind Kyle Kuzma for LeBron if they even make the playoffs. I think they're they're looking like a shit show after that forty point drubbing the other night against uh, Indiana. But Tobias Harris, Boban, Mike Scott. All going to the 76ers. It gives the 76ers probably the best starting five outside of the Warriors in the NBA. I mean, they got Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. I mean, that is... It's going to be a fun team. And, I mean, I was saying to one of my friends who's a 76ers fan that Tobias was probably the best fit that they could get on that team, meaning... Obviously, they have Simmons and Embiid who can play on the inside. 
you got Jimmy Butler, who's kind of like a jack of all trades, gritty, you know, needs the ball in his hands. And then you have Tobias and JJ Redick, who are easy catch and shoot three guys from the outside. You know, uh, you know what the problem is? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how great of a three point shooter Tobias is, but I was going to say that they have the lack of three point shooting and the lack of like team ball movement when they would need it in crunch time. Like it's going to come down to JJ or like Jimmy Butler. ISO at the end of the game, maybe passing it to Embiid. And then if it comes down to Ben Simmons at the end of the game, it's like, he's you know where he's something. going. He's going to like just drive and kick it. And they're just like, not going to let him do that. Could potentially. I don't Tobias know. That's, that's what I can see. That three point shooter. I think, I think I saw that on the season, he is shooting somewhere around 43% from three. Wow. That's and, really good. You know, he's, he's definitely a, a good shooter in return. The uh, the Clippers ended up getting Landry Shamet, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, two first round picks and two second round picks. So we were just talking about the value of a draft pick in the NBA. Getting four picks for essentially one guy, because, you know, Mike Scott's not going to do anything in Boban playing behind Embiid will play at most maybe 10 to 15 minutes a night. Getting four picks, three players for Tobias Harris, the Clippers definitely did the best that they could. And they, they'll be another one of the big winners from the trade deadline. I think so. I think that's right. All right. So some more less uh, flashy trades we'll go through Tyler Johnson, Wayne Ellington for Ryan Anderson. That's Miami and Phoenix. Yep. Uh, looks like they're going to wave Wayne Ellington, let him go too. So it's kind of Tyler Johnson for Ryan Anderson, big contract for big contract. Uh, I think Anderson will fit in well at the heat. Kelly Olenek type three, a little more consistent on the three, let Kelly play in the box. Not much to go for the, for the playoffs. Heat. I mean, obviously Phoenix isn't in the picture. Miami, they, you know, maybe they could squeak in as the eight seed. I don't know what their record's looking yeah, like. Whatever they they could be the eight seed, but they suck. Uh, gives them cap relief. Uh, Marquise Morris, Goes over from the goes to the Pelicans with a pick from Washington for Wes Johnson, and you had that Otto Porter deal for Jabari and Bobby Portis. Jabari, to big contract for big contract. Uh, he he he's one of those players that like knowing him from video games. I really liked Jabari Parker, and then the more I learned about him, the more he's just kind of like the asshole of whatever team he, he plays. Is an asshole. I was about to say he's like a locker room cancer. Um, Glad to see him move. Harrison Barnes gets traded mid game, so you he, like to see you like to see the direction that Dallas is moving in. They're like, get rid of Harrison Barnes. We're going with the European guys, and we're just going to keep this keep this train rolling. Yep. And then so there's two big trades that happen late, late towards the end of the trade deadline. Mark Gasol traded from Memphis over to Toronto for Jonas Valanciunas, Delon Wright, C.J. Miles and a 2024 second round pick. I don't know why these people are accepting draft picks that are five years down the road. That's an insane haul for Gasol. You think that's good? I thought that was really mediocre. I feel like he's old as shit. That's he's true. He is barely can shoot threes. Like, I mean, I don't know. He could become Brooke Lopez for the next eight years, but I don't know. Delone Wright's pretty good. Valanciunas. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I don't just, know much about DeLone Wright. <laughs> he's young. Um, so Marcus Gasol, I mean, he's he's going from a team that was 14th in their conference to a team that's square in contention, probably 
Is that the first time in his career that he's going to be in the thick of a playoff push? Is that Marcus All? Oh, yeah, Marcus. No, Marcus All. He had some runs with Memphis. They had some runs. Tony Allen so. days. I'm definitely a little bit of a novice in the NBA, but you know, mile high basketball, go Nugs. Then the last trade that got announced: Markel Fultz, former first round pick, and another former first pick overall. Yeah, first overall pick goes to Orlando, which I that this is actually a decent landing spot for him. In return, the Sixers get Jonathan Simmons, another first-round pick from the 2020 first-round pick, and a future second, which I'm guessing is one of those undecided. They'll just pick it up somewhere along the way. I think Miami is a good landing spot for Fultz. Or not Miami, Orlando. We'll see. He'll get get playing time down there. Him alongside, you know, Air Gordon, uh, Jonathan Isaac, shout-out FSU, and they still have uh, the big man, the center. His name is escaping me. I'm, I Vucevic. Really, Vucevic. They, they, he All-star was, this year. He was rumored to be getting on, traded all season, and they ended up keeping him around. So uh, speaking of the All-Star team, I, I saw that they just did the draft for like the starting rosters. I watched it. I didn't watch it, but is There's there a trade. I, I did hear about that. Ben Simmons for, for us. Russ, yeah, whatever. The, the the NBA, it's the Giannis drafted like all centers. Well, that's what I was gonna say is that LeBron had no centers on his roster besides Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis is really more of a power forward. Yeah, and he's probably not playing that much with the finger. So that I thought that was kind of funny to see that. And the other thing I saw on Twitter was that LeBron James starting five all have lost to. Golden State at some point during their careers in well, the playoffs. I mean, I'm sure everyone has, but uh, just I guess one more thing. Oh, that trade. I kind of forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> a little bit what of was a it like? Oh, Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. It's crazy to see how quickly the uh, 76ers moved on from that pick and like what direction that team's moving in. Well, anytime you bring like the agent and an outside right doctor into it, it, you know that that relationship is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying to win right now. They're like, "Fuck you, folks." So, but it'll be nice. We have the trade. The trade deadline over. All star game coming up soon. We got that second half push coming. The NBA is pretty exciting in terms of the playoff push. Mm-hmm. I've, I've learned. Uh, it'll be exciting to see how things shake out and. You know, if a team like the 76ers can build some chemistry before the playoffs. The Eastern Conference is going to be fun, like up until the playoffs. And then like the Western Conference gets fun, like during the playoffs. Right. So math prediction radio, what are the chances that the 76ers make it to the Eastern Conference finals? I'd probably say 75%. What are the chances that they go to the NBA finals? They probably end up going up against Toronto. What about Boston? I don't think Boston's going to be in it this year. I got a 20, 25% chance they make it to the, uh, like, set, like, I guess, to the finals, Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals. All right. So if you had to put a prediction on the line right now, who are you putting in the finals from both conferences? Rockets and Raptors. Houston and Toronto. I would say that that's probably one of the bolder predictions that you've had on this show. What, what happened? What happened to Steph and Kevin Durant? 
I don't know. I, I, I just feel like they're beatable. And with the Rockets being injured now, maybe coming into their own, being healthy at the end of the season, we'll see. We'll see. Math Prediction Radio, chances that LeBron makes it out of the first round of the playoffs? 75%. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see how that all starts shaking out. We definitely got a lot of storylines that will come up, especially with LeBron in the second half. Transitioning yet again, we'll go to a different sport. Uh, Baseball, we're one week, two weeks away from pitchers and catchers. Pitchers and catchers already reported, but games for spring training start in like two weeks. Uh, Before we get into too much talk, I want to say a little... R.I.P. in peace, Frank Robinson, Hall of Famer, Barry Bonds's uncle, godfather, died today at the age of 83. R.I.P. He was he's a legend of the game. Um, all I know is his name. I, I mean, I know that he played outfield. I think that I shouldn't say I know. I I think he played outfield. Was he on he, the Cubs. No, I think he was part of like. I don't know, man. Like Whatever. I, I, I see R. him R. wearing like Nationals jerseys. I've seen him wear. Other things, I could be completely wrong. Willie Mays could be. Oh, it looks like he was a uh, yeah. Expo, Cincinnati Red Oriole. Yeah, we are way off with this. This is going to be real bad. Oriole and red. All right, why, RIP. Why did I? Why is the picture of him on Twitter? Him Dodgers, a Nationals jersey. And he's the manager. He was a manager of the Nationals. There it is. We sound. I'm a big baseball guy, and for me to not know any of this is a real bad look. Oh, two to 06, Frank Robinson, manager of the Nationals slash Expos. But yeah, 83 years old. That's a sad. 14 time All Star, two time World Series champion, MVP in both leagues, World Series MVP, Triple Crown, RIP. Decorated as fuck. All right. There was some proposed rule changes in the MLB this this week. And I think that some of these are kind of interesting to talk about. Um, the, the one that sticks out the most to me, obviously is the idea of a universal DH need it. I think that's all that, I gotta say, no, I, I think it's huge. There's no reason not to at this point because people go to a baseball game to see dingers. And unless you are like Madison Bumgarner, you're not getting home runs out of the pitchers on a regular basis. And you're there's no reason that one league has and one league doesn't. Well, and the other thing is, is that like these, a lot of these kids nowadays, like especially in the minor leagues, they they don't have uh, pitching pitchers hit in the minors anymore. I don't think. So they're not getting up to it. The only thing that's cool about the non DH is like when there's interleague play and like the AL like has to throw a pitcher out there one time, but that's fucking stupid at the same time. Like just everyone play the same rules. It's baseball. Well, it's and not, more than anything, you think about the injuries. There's, there's been multiple injuries where people swing a bat or they're rounding the bases and they get hurt. And like, that's not the way that an American league team is trying to lose a pitcher. There's already enough injuries out there with the Tommy Johns and the strained shoulders and this, that, the other thing. Yeah. So a few of the other rules, three batter minimums for pitchers, which would essentially nope. take out lefty specialists. That's what, what that's for. Nope. You can't just have a guy out there just getting shelled. Yeah, that that well, three batters, I mean, I don't know how shelled you can get, but that it definitely takes away some of the matchups that the MLB has come to be, you know, a little bit more mainstream. 
uh, a 20 second pitch clock. That's another one that they've brought up for a few years. I like the pitch clock, but, uh, I, I, I think, uh, I think it'll just be more pitching changes at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I don't really think I like the idea of a pitch clock, but I, I do, I do like it when pitchers let the batters know that they're taking too long. Like mm-hmm. if a guy's, you know, doing circles around the the home plate and everything like that, and they're wasting their time, pitchers should have the advantage to do anything to get rid of the batter's timing. There uh, should also be batters can't step out of the batter's box if that's the rule. I think well, I think that is kind of like a rule that they don't really like them leaving the batter's box. Are we gonna take like one foot out? That was Johnny Damon. Remember Johnny Damon used to only like stick that one leg out and then come back in. Mm-hmm. Hated um, it. Two two more rules that I'll bring up. They are considering lowering the pitching mound by three inches in efforts to combat the increased velocity across the league. I don't really know what that would do. I don't know. I doesn't that like I feel like that wouldn't be that big of a deal. That's something more for like all the stats nerds that you know know a little bit more about spin rates and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah, I could see um I could honestly see getting less home runs because you don't get as good of a little angle on that, but I could also see pitches uh being a little less effective coming from a lower angle. And then the last rule we'll bring up is the what I what I like to call the Kyler Murray rule, where they are they allow teams to give two sport athletes major league contracts right off the bat. What does that mean? So normally when a player is drafted, whether it be high school, college or whatever, they don't they don't get a major league contract. They get like either a, a minor league or a two-way contract where they can be shipped back and forth. Oh, okay, I get you. So it's yeah, so you get paid a, a real yeah, like the NFL, like there's no cuz there's no minor league NFL. Right. So they're pretty much just doing that for Oakland and Kyler Murray because he's threatening to go. He's announced that he's going to the combine uh, and they're trying to set it up so that he could have a major league contract from day one, which also means that there would not be a a limit to how much he could make. Which, like, why don't they just have that anyways? Like, why can't just anyone get a major league contract at any time? I don't know. That's a good question. Something that we might have to do a little bit of digging to figure out that kind of answer. All right, I'm well, guessing it has to do something to do with like service time. You've seen that be a big trend in mm-hmm. the last couple of years. But whatever, then you just play in the MLB on your MLB contract for seven years before you can get paid instead of three years whenever you get to the biggest, whatever, whatever. All right, so there's two weeks till the uh, game starts spring training. Your boy is still out there. Yeah, both the boys are out there, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. However, there could be some movement on that front because the Phillies just traded for Miami Marlins catcher JT Rayo Muto, who is said to be one of Harper's best friends, if that means anything to you. It's literally all the media speak at this point where every single thing that can be an angle is being used as an angle. It's getting exhausting. So Real Muto traded to the Phillies. The Phillies send over Sixto Sanchez, Jorge Alfaro, Will Stewart, and international bonus pool money. Uh, this Sixto Sanchez guy, we were talking about him. He's the 29th ranked MLB prospect. He consistently throws over 100 miles an hour, and he's been compared to Pedro Martinez. 
All right, but yeah, they gave up an all-star catcher. Marlon State giving up all their talent for whatever, whatever, international pool money, and that's all they care about these days. Yeah, their their development curve is definitely very strange. It'll be huge for fantasy purposes for you guys that are into that. Real Muto is going to a much better park than Miami. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of chatter on Twitter the other day about Bryce Harper because he had a video of himself on Instagram in the batting cage without a beard. And then I think it was time for him to shave, though. Honestly, well. His shit was ridiculous. Because he's going to be signing with the Yankees by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. I got nice. one more thing to say about the Marlins is that they at least they're committing to the tank, committing to the rebuild. Go trade anyone. It's not like they're going to make the playoffs. Go trade Ray Amito for for five players and a little cash. Who gives it's a fuck? In baseball, because the draft is a hundred percent a crapshoot, like more so than any other league. When you're picking someone in the MLB, it's like all you can, all you can go off of is like makeup. Unless you're choosing a guy that's like a senior in college. Like I think Strasburg was a senior in college when he got drafted. There's very few players that, you know, when they're drafting them, what the end result is going to be. So the Miami's in it for the long haul. Derek Jeter's definitely seeming like he has a plan but it'll it'll be a while until we know what that plan might be. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. We're waiting it out. And then the last piece of MLB news, the DL, Disabled List, has changed its name for the first time since 1966 to the Injured List. This is probably the biggest news. No more DL. It's called the IL. Is, is, is that have something to do with like the politically correctness of saying the Disabled List? Probably. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's like the nature behind it all. Goddamn millennials killed the DL. Jesus Christ. What's next? You know what's next? One of my favorite segments. Oh, great segue, Zach. Zach, please teach us something. I'm going to teach you all the things I learned on the Joe Rogan podcast this week. Just had an incredible listen today with an uh, extinct animal expert. Super sick guy, but uh, first thing I'm going to teach you guys about that I learned that uh, the wheat here is different than the wheat that they have in Europe. And uh, did you say the weed or the week? The wheat. Oh, neither. Wheat. Of the the wheat. wheat. The okay. wheat thins. So that's why, like, our people are mad fat and have gluten issues because we genetically engineered super dense fat yeast. Or fat, like wheat. So it turned people fat. The the wheat in Europe is way better. And you can eat pasta all the time. I really enjoy this segment just because, like, I sit here and, like, watch, watch like, the steam car start coming out of your ears as you're trying to, like, figure out how to describe all of this to me. <laughs> all right. Uh, the next one, this is, like, I just Googled it for the first time. So it's not as cool as I actually thought. But there's we this thing to, called We're the- going to have to put this under the educational podcast, too. We're not just a sports and recreation podcast. We're it an definitely education. is. This is called the Bondo Ape. It's a like a the biggest chimp out there. It's like over six feet tall. It's like one of those extinct crypto animals, but apparently it's real. Uh, I just Googled it though. It's not like that impressive. It's, like <laughs> it's kind of slack to be jacked honest. monkey. And then uh, last one of the day, female hyenas have huge fake dicks that they give birth out of to one intimidate other hyenas 
to like pretend that they're males and two that they just have fake dicks and give birth. Very interesting. All right. Now this is my favorite part of the segment is where I tell you what I learned from what you told me. Europe has, Europe has different weeks in weed than the United States. And that's why we're all fat. There's a not so buff, but also kind of buff six foot monkey. And female hyenas are more manly than me. <laughs> I mean, all things you didn't know before this podcast. Yeah, that was good. All right. So that wraps it up. This will be our first episode that debuts on iTunes as soon as it comes out. So be Debut on the lookout. Be so hot. I'm so excited for that. Uh, it's definitely still a work in progress. We're, we're moving forward on it. We're trying to get better every episode. Uh, we have a new form of recording. So hopefully this sounds good for you guys. Please rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast you want. Remember, we have Stitcher. We have Spotify. Just we have listen Google. on iTunes. Just listen to all the podcast app. Everyone's got an iPhone or some sort of Apple product. And if Hit you us don't, up on Spotify. Yeah, if you don't, go on Spotify. But iTunes, give us that, give us that subscribe. Uh, all right. Episode three. That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Peace. We'll see, uh, we'll see you about next week uh, with the Valentine's Day episode. Oh, ooh, before we log off, next episode, I think we might have a guest. Little, little teaser. All right, see you guys.